Well, good morning again. <laughs> um, you know, if you're, if you're new here, my name is Nathan Capen. I'm the family pastor here at the church. Um, you know, when Brian asked me if I was going to, if I wanted to preach in the sermon series, I was like, sure, when do you want me to do it? Um, if you know anything about my life and the conditions that are going on in my household, my wife is very, very pregnant. Um, and about ready to give birth to our little girl. She is in position, healthy, and ready to come and visit and join our church family, and we're so excited about that. But uh, Brian, I kept on like throughout the week, like um, contingency plan in case I can't make it on Sunday if the baby decides to come. So I am so glad that my wife is not in active labor and I get to be here sharing God's word and what he's been putting on my heart all week um, with you all. If you're just joining us, we have been spending the last few weeks uh, in a new sermon series based on a book by Mark Batterson called Win the Day, Seven Daily Habits to Help You Stress Less and Accomplish More. Now, all for the glory of God, of course, which is something that I think that we could all use a little more in our lives. Uh, you know, if you miss the first two habits, I would encourage you to go catch up on those at emmetnaz.org on our online services. Uh, but what you need to know today is if you've ever felt overwhelmed because there's just too much going on in your week, when the day is all about taking one day at a time. You know, when I think about this, like, uh, this idea of locking down the day, um, and Brian introduced that to us in the first week. He introduced us to day-tight compartments. And these day-tight compartments, what they do is they lock down the day and prevent the past from flooding in and sinking our day before it even starts. You know, those things like, oh, I, I, this is hanging me up. This is getting there. It allows us to focus on this. And I'm a type of person that I, you know, I'm not super, super organized, but I can be organized for a day. I can be organized for one day. Give me one day, I can be super organized for one day. And when the day is all about being super organized for that day, and then you get up and you start that next day, and you start being super organized that next day. Like, you just take it one day at a time. And it's really, really a great thing for us to be focusing on because God wants us to come and rely on him each day. And so Brian introduced us to our first habit of the seven, uh, flip the script, which, you know, we all have a past, we all have a story, we all have things that have happened in our life, and some of that's not always great. And flip the script is just about realizing that God offers us a new story and a new identity. So if you want to change your life, start by letting God change your story. Then last week he gave us habit number two, kiss the wave. Now, this main idea of this is that we all face obstacles throughout our lives, and many times we allow those obstacles to overtake us. Kiss the wave is about using those, those bad things, those horrible things that have happened to us those obstacles in our lives for our advantage. Because the bad things that happen to us, we can choose how those affect us. And they can also be used to help us draw closer to God in our relationship with him. 
Now, that brings us to today's uh, message and our third habit, eat the frog. <laughs> now, it might sound a little crazy, but let me explain. This idea uh, comes from a quote from Mark Twain. He once said, if it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. Now, the frog that he's talking about here is that, that, you know, that one thing on your to-do list that you absolutely have no motivation to do and you're most likely to put off. You know, those, those phone calls that you're like, oh, I don't want to get on that phone call or that's going to take a while. And, and, or it might be exercising or doing a few things. He, he's saying, whatever it is, get it done first thing. So when I say frogs or frog, I mean habit or task that we need to do. But are all frogs bad? Some frogs can be amazing habits or things that, uh, that, we, that we do that help us feel great. And we might really enjoy doing them. Like working out. I don't know about that one, but you know, I hear people really enjoy going to the gym, uh, and and the the feeling of after you've had a good run or after you've you know gotten up early and got this you know the project done out of the way and the freedom that you have for the rest of the day to start checking the other smaller things off the box. But the problem with frogs is that it takes time to eat them, whatever they are. It takes time to eat them. And if you don't eat the frog daily, they add up and they multiply. Yum, right? It's a cape and recipe. It's delicious. Well, no, I'll put it in the church cookbook. It'll be delicious. <laughs> oh, man. But the, the thing is, is that they'll multiply. And, and we're left with a room full of frogs to deal with. Whether you see frogs as a good thing or a bad thing, nobody likes a room full of frogs. If you don't believe me, just look at all the projects that you've stored away in that room. You know that room that you're like, when I have time, I'll get to it. Um, we call it our garage. Yeah, <laughs> it's not an actual picture, but it's pretty close. But... <laughs> Our, our garage, it's our catch-all, it's our junk room, it's, you know, it's that place that like, oh, I'll be working on this, and then you're like, oh, I got a, I got a honeydew over here that I got to do, I got this I got to take care of, and so you have like this halfway project done, well, I didn't have money to finish that right away, or that ended up being harder than I thought, I need to think about it a while. So we have these, these frogs stored up in this room, you know, I've had days where I've gone out into my shop, like ready to get something done. Like, have you ever had that morning where you're just like, yes, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna be like super efficient, things are gonna happen, I'm gonna clean out the garage. All those frogs, bye-bye, we're gonna do this thing. And then I go out there and I'm standing out there and I'm debating on whether or not I even wanna turn on the heater while I'm out there because I'm like, oh, where do I go, what do I do? 
And I end up coming inside because I'm so overwhelmed by all of the things that need to be done. So what do I end up doing? <laughs> Coffee, watching cartoons with my son. <laughs> all he needs a buddy. <laughs> we got this. So, you know, the thing is we have all these things. Oh, man, they just, they just add up and add up, and they're just waiting for us. Um, but the, the thing I have a question for you guys today is, is there anyone in here that's ever been accused of being a procrastinator? Okay, yeah, yeah. You can show your hands. There's no shame here, <laughs> at least not on this end. <laughs> I'm a self-professing procrastinator. You know, I was thinking about starting a support group, but I just kept on putting it off. <laughs> Sorry, I'm got to get those dad jokes in there a little bit here or there. Oh, man. But, you know, dad jokes aside, I've been called a procrastinator. But I'm not lazy. I'm not lazy. And I do apply myself. But in a room full of frogs, it's hard to know where to even begin. Have you ever felt that way? Have, overwhelmed by the number of things to do or frogs to eat that you don't even know where to start? And like, really, how do you decide which frog is the biggest frog to eat? Which is the frog that, you know, like what, what do I need to do first? Like, if sure, tell me it's the biggest frog, but I'm going to spend 30 minutes weighing the frogs in my head, trying to figure out, you know, trying to figure out which one's that. Believe it or not, uh, Jesus has some pointers for us, and we find them in Scripture. So if you have your Bible today or your phone, uh, we'll be reading in the Gospel of Mark, starting in chapter 1. So let me just give you some background Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, is in the wilderness preaching. He's out there preparing the way for Jesus. He baptizes Jesus, and right after he's Jesus is baptized, Jesus follows the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness for 40 days, fasting, not eating, and he's tempted by the devil. He's tested by him, and he passes that test with flying colors. And when Jesus comes back, he says, it's time to go to work. But Jesus' words are always more epic than that. Jesus has his words in verse 15. If you're following along, Jesus says, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> That's powerful. So Jesus starts off his, his, his work by gathering his disciples. He starts first with four fishermen. Simon, we also know him as Peter, and his brother Andrew. And then there's James and his brother John. And Jesus starts teaching in the synagogues, and he ends up driving out a demon, like he, he casts out a demon, um, an evil spirit, an impure spirit, and our story picks up in verse 27, if you're following along, the people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this, a new teaching, and with authority, 
He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about this spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. And as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. They immediately told Jesus about her. He went, uh, so he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began waiting on them. <laughs> okay, as a teenager, this was one of what I thought was the funniest Bible story ever. Um, now, I just picture it this way in my head. Um, Jesus decides that, hey, guys, we're like, we're going to go to Simon's house. All right. So they get to Simon's house. His mother-in-law is sick in bed. And Simon's like, hey, guys, does anyone know how to cook? Uh, Anyone know how to cook anything? And, you know, Jesus looks at him. He's like, don't worry, guys. I got this. I, I, I got this. And he gets up. He heals her, and she starts going to work for him. You know, she starts waiting on him and stuff like, oh, we need my mother to take care of us. Um, Now, I have new lenses as I've grown up, and I've read this scripture. And honestly, after having COVID um, and getting sick with that, I totally understand this story now. Um, I had aches and pains No energy, followed by chills and fevers that just felt, you know, like garbage. I just felt like garbage, just miserable. For two weeks, I laid in bed with like fevers coming and going and just feeling awful. So the thought of having someone come and grab me by the hand and pull me out of bed in my fever, in my aches and pains, I would have been healed. Like, I would have done more than cook that person dinner. I would have probably washed and waxed their car. I would have probably painted their house. And I, if you know me, I hate painting. I hate painting. I'm sure as you guys are walking into the foyer, you saw like that there were spots on the walls that aren't painted yet. Um, if you, if you, have the kindness of your heart and you feel so inclined that you love painting and it brings you joy, it doesn't bring me joy. So if you want to come and help out with that, more power to you. Lord bless you for it. Um, but for me, like, I, 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 would, I would have done anything to be, you know, better. <laughs> to not be sick. So, As we continue on in our scripture at verse 32, that evening after sunset, the people began, or uh, (laughs) that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who were, who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Wow. That's amazing. What an amazing but long day for Jesus. 
Like, right? He's done all this stuff, and the whole town is there. Like, have you ever felt like everyone and their cousin was wanting something from you? Like, everyone was pulling that there was a million things to do. Everyone wanted something from you. Because I'm sure Jesus could understand that feeling. Verse 33 says, the whole town gathered at the door. Like, that feeling of everyone wanting everything from us, but Jesus, like, he, he was doing some amazing work, and people were finding out about it, and could you imagine the kind of rush that would be happening right now if, if there's a cure to all the sickness and all the things right now that was from Jesus? The next part is the part I really want you to pay attention to. It's what Jesus does the next morning. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to a nearby village so I can preach there also. This is why I have come. So they traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. Did you see it? Did you see the frog in the story? The frog in the story is when Jesus gets up and finds a quiet place to pray. And when, when, when did he get up? Well, early in the morning. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> just to be clear, just to be clear, um, and very clear, it was very early in the morning while it was still dark. Why? Why did, why did Jesus get up then? Why did he get up while it was still dark? Jesus just had a long day, and odds are he was going to have another one and another one, and another one after that. Why isn't he sleeping in? Why is it that he got up so early? Because everyone else was asleep. There was no one asking him for anything in that moment so he could just be alone with God. Could you imagine what Jesus' day would have been like if he would have rolled over in bed and hit snoozed on his phone, you know, hit the snooze button on his phone a few times, like, ah, I'll get there, you know, I'll, I'll get there. I'll wake up and I'll, I'll deal with this. He would have had Simon waking him up by boom, 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 beating on his door. Jesus, we gotta get up. There's people that need us. Simon's mother-in-law probably would have been like, here, Jesus, here's, Here's a cup of coffee and a Pop-Tart as you're walking out the door. Like, the thing is, is, and as soon as he opened the door, that front door, he would have had all the needs and frogs of the world pulling at him, pulling at him. 
Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt that way? Like everything was just, as soon as you got up, or that moment, have you ever had a morning where your alarm didn't go off? Like I've had those mornings where my alarm didn't go off. You don't usually get a good shower when that's happening. You usually are either no shower, or if you're like, I was working out the other night, I need to shower. You probably have a layer of suds that you've towel dried off from yourself as you're rushing out the door. But thing is, is if Jesus would have done that, when would he have had time to pencil in his quiet time with God? When do we? So how do we win the day? <laughs> how do we win the day? By making time to eat the frog first thing in the morning. There are so many good habits that we could have in our lives that would help us draw closer to God and be healthier both spiritually and physically. But their work, like their work. Like as a dad, I keep seeing my son looking at me, watching me, and, and he wants to be just like me. Like it is both the most awesome thing and awful thing all at the same time that my son wants to be just like me because I hate eating healthy. I, I hate eating healthy. Like put a salad on my plate and I would choose the frog. Like give me the real frog. I'll eat that. That way you guys can't say that I don't eat green things. <laughs> like every potluck I go to, it's always somebody like, hey, where's your carrots? Where's it, you know, where's, you, you need a salad? So I get it, you care for me, right? That's why <laughs> you poke fun, right? We love each other. But, you know, the hard part is, is when I see my son pushing away his, his food, and that look on my wife's face that this is your fault. <laughs> it makes me want to change. I have added vegetables to my life a little bit. Yes, yes. <laughs> it makes me want to change some things in my life. And that's just my food choices. That's just my food choices. What about my time in prayer and reading God's word? Isn't spending time with God the biggest frog that we should eat? Do you think that spending time with him would help you to understand which, or help you to know which frogs you should eat after that one? Like getting up, if, if, you, if you were to agree and say that God is the biggest frog. Spending time with him and being in relationship with him is the most important frog of my day and of my life. Like, and you eat that first. Do you think that God would help you in that time that he's talking to you to say, hey, I know that you see all these things and, and it's just a scramble, but you've spent time with me. Let me give you some wisdom. 
Let me give you some discernment. Let me help you know which frogs are more important. You know, your relationship with your spouse isn't doing so great. Maybe that's another big frog that you should probably work on. Or, you know, you're a little distance and a little focused on work that you might be forgetting about your kids. Maybe you need to do that. Or maybe you're too busy hanging out with your friends that you don't get your homework done. Whatever it may be, God, God has some wisdom and he wants to help you. But the, the, the problem is, is like, you know, we end up, they, they say the squeaky, the squeaky wheel gets the what? The grease. So the croaking frog <laughs> gets your time, gets to be, you know, like you got to hush up that frog so you better eat it. Um, so we're trying, to deal, we're trying to deal with these frogs. We're trying to deal with these things that are going on. And, and the, the thing is, is that when we're trying to spend time, or, you know, we neglect that time that we have with God, the struggle that we have there is that he's there and he's the biggest frog and he should be dealt with, but we don't usually go to him until all of a sudden everything else is falling apart and we're like, where is that big frog named where is he? I need to spend some time with him because I need, I need the answers. I need to know what to do next. Do you think that the habit, that this habit of spending time with God, eating that frog first, going and spending time in prayer and asking the King of Kings and the Lord of the Lords, the maker and your creator, Spending time with him would not only be a blessing for you, for me, to do, but it would be a blessing for all of our family members and all of our coworkers and all the people that were around that they would be blessed because we started off our day that way. And I get that it's difficult because, like, well, you know, when, when do I do this? When do I, how do, how, do you, how do you make more time? You know, how do we deal with all of these frogs, all of these things? We deal with them by getting up before we have to get ready for work or school. Before our kids start asking us to make them food, we spend time with God and we ask him for his help. We ask him for his strength. We don't try to squeeze in God because it doesn't work. Like, you know, try, trying to squeeze in God, it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna read this, but uh, I hit snooze twice, so now I, you know, like my day's off a little bit, so now I gotta run, and I gotta get this stuff done, and I gotta accomplish all these things, and, and so we're, we're running and running, and then when we finally collapse, it's not, like, to give you just an example, Time and time again, when I miss my devotional, God has this funny way of when I finally get back to it and read it, I'm like, if I would have only read that this morning, <laughs> instead it would have been a cautionary tale. Now it's a conviction thing that I have to go back and ask for forgiveness about what I did and how I dealt with this person or something. And God had his answer for me that morning, and I, I missed it. And now I have another couple of frogs that I have to deal with in my life. 
You may be like me. I'm not a morning person. Like, I, I'm not. I, I don't, like, you know those people that are just sunshine and roses when they get up in the morning? Like, they don't even have a coffee. They just, like, sprung out of bed and just are like, hold on, let me vacuum and let me do this. And you're like, I'm in the other room trying to sleep. Keep it down. I'm not a morning person. But the beauty of it is, is that Jesus, um, being a Jew, his days started in the evening. In the evening is when their, their days would start. So the question is, is, do you think that Jesus got up that morning and then just decided, he's like, oh, you know what? I woke up, it's really dark, this would be a great time. Or do you think that Jesus went to bed with the intention that he was gonna get up in the morning and knew that the world was gonna be waiting for him and all these things were gonna be happening. So Jesus was intentional about making a plan. We need to be intentional. I need to be intentional about making time for God to put that frog first, put our God first. I don't want to give him the leftovers. I don't want to squeeze them in. Like, how great is your relationship with your spouse? Like, how many, how many healthy marriages do you see where they're like, yeah, I just kind of squeeze her in when I can. You know, I squeeze in some time with him when I can. Like, the healthy relationships, they, they seem to make their marriage a priority, right? Like, they don't just squeeze it in. They make sure that I make time for my spouse. I make time for my wife. I'm not always perfect with it. <laughs> Ask my wife. <laughs> I'm not perfect. But there's times where if I get so busy with projects and neglecting and doing all these other things, all these other frogs, I don't want to. I don't want to wake up one day and be like, "Those the frogs that I really cared about are gone." I want us, as a church, to put God first and understand the blessings that are there. Like, how many of you guys have ever put a project together? And then halfway to, through it, decided that you were going to put the ins look at the instructions because it just didn't look quite right. <laughs> I've been there. I've done that. Like, buy anything from Ikea. You're going to be like, half of the parts aren't here, so you better make sure that you have it laid out. Because if you're building it just off from what you know, it's going to be interesting what it turns out to be. And the same thing goes for our walk with Christ. We're trying to do life without asking him, what's my purpose? What's the focus? Who do you want me to look at? Who, what do you want me to deal with next? We end up in a room full of frogs, overwhelmed, and not doing anything. And God has such a powerful plan for our lives that he wants us to live into and he wants to empower us to do, man, like, and as you eat that frog, like, okay, God, I woke up extra early and I eat that frog. You know what happens after you eat that frog? You start getting a taste for frog. You know, it starts tasting good. When you, like, like going to the gym. 
No one wants to go to the gym the first week that they go to the gym. I like if they do, I don't know them, but like if they <laughs> like no one wants to do that right at the first, but man, it's like once you've gotten to that habit, that routine, you miss it when you don't do it. I want us to get to the point where we miss God when we don't spend time with him in the morning. I w- I want that in my life. I want that every day that, man, if I, like, you know, it's like walking out of the house without my shoes on. Like, I want to be uncomfortable. I want to be, like, I need to make this happen, God, because I love you and I need you. So how do we win the day? By making a plan, being intentional about it, and understanding that God is a God that when you want more of him, he is more than willing to give you that. He is more than willing to give more of himself to you if you want him. He desires to give himself to us and to be in relationship with us and to help us through these things. So how do we win the day? We get up early or you stay up late. And you make sure that you spend some time with God and you eat that frog. And then all the other frogs that are going to benefit and bless your day, you start eating those bit by bit afterwards. So make a plan to start your day by eating the big frog. And God will bless you for it. Would you stand as we close our service with a word of prayer? Father God, you know my heart, you know our hearts, you know that we need you, you know that your plan for our lives is better than anything that we could come up with, but God, it's so easy to get distracted by all the frogs, all the things in our lives that take our time away from you and and our relationship. And God, I just, I pray that you would help us to focus on you, to start our days off, start our days off coming to you first and getting the rest of our plan figured out from there. God, I just know that you have big plans for us for us to love people and you and to to gather people to you. And so you might interrupt our day and our flow and our plan, but God, we just pray that you would. We don't want to give you leftovers. We don't want to squeeze you in. We want you to be the big rock. We want you to be the first foundational thing in our lives that, God, we give you our first fruits. And trust that you are good and you're going to be with us every step of the way. God, would you be with my brothers and sisters? Would you go with them? Would you help them to live into the habits that they desire to have? And to give up some of the ones that 
that aren't bringing them glory or aren't helping their relationships, that aren't drawing them closer to you and to others. God, I just pray that you would help us to clear out the garage full of frogs and to focus on you. We ask this all in the powerful name of our Savior Jesus and all God's people say, Amen. People of God, remember to eat the big frog first. You are sent.